good, what's good, what's good, fam? It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapper, man. Welcome to another episode of Trapping Tuesdays. I'm in my city, man. What's up, y'all? God damn it, I won't cry. I don't want to shed a tear, man. God damn it. So listen, man, episode 56 of Trapping Tuesdays, man. If you're on a YouTube, man, I want you to shed a link out. I want you to like and subscribe. Y'all know what we're doing. This is the New Orleans editions, man. This edition, Jose, is called Welcome Home. Welcome Home. That's kind of what we stand by. That's kind of what we live by. And so tonight, I want to ask you a question before we get started. What is the purpose behind the wealth you desire to attain. The idea of being wealthy appears to the senses of the poor, the working class, the middle class. We have this vivid vision that if we amass a certain amount of money, our lives would change indefinitely. But wealth is completely different from hustling, it is completely different from just getting money. While they both require you to put in the work, the idea of creating wealth is more so about how you understand money and how you integrate new thoughts, new ideas, new principles, and new concepts. One of the things I think about when I think about a journey is I always go back to the Israelites walking around for 40 years in the wilderness. And it wasn't because the destination changed. The destination was always the same. What happened was they weren't mentally conditioned to inherit the promised land. And so what happens is sometimes we got to just keep walking until we are conditioned to inherit the territory that already got our name on it. See, building wealth, changing our family, giving birth to a new generation of opportunities, normalizing freedom, normalizing millions, normalizing abundance, that can only be normalized if we are unanchored from our experiences. We are so engulfed by what we've been through. We are so engulfed by our realities. We are too comfortable we're putting a price tag on what it's going to cost us to become wealthy, but we forget that there's a cost to not having the knowledge. There's a cost to being impoverished. There's a cost to being underbanked. There's a cost to being undereducated. There's a cost to being a product of the system. We forget to add those costs when we're putting a price on something. So when we say that's too expensive, what are we really saying? In the world of billionaires, 
in the world of trillion dollar companies, how the hell we got people still living from check to check? How the hell we got people that don't understand that a million dollars is at their fingertips? How do we all got to understand that a million should be the bare minimum? How the hell we don't understand that? The cost of not taking action. Man, I sat down this week, man, and I watched they clone Tyrone three damn times. Three times I watched that show. And while we debate about if it's funny, we debate about the different dynamics, what really made the movie so profound to me is because the things that we know, they put it in our face to see, and it was astounding to us. The first thing I thought about was when the people went into the chicken sandwich store and everybody was laughing behind the chicken, but the chicken was a rush. The first thing I thought to my mind was, damn, when Popeye's and Chick-fil-A had the chicken sandwich battle, were they testing us? And then I thought about, damn, everybody laughing. Oh, I realized why we can't build well, because we'd rather be entertained and educated. We cool with everything being funny. And then it made me go back and I looked at Instagram and I realized that most of the comedians, nothing against them, most of the rappers, nothing against them, got more followers than the educators. And then I realized there's more comedians and there's more rappers and there's more people on BS that get more engagement than the educators. And then I locked in and said, oh, this premeditated. Premeditated simply means that something was already put in place before you realized it was happening. Premeditated mean you thought about it. Premeditated mean you already had the vision. Premeditated mean you already knew the execution. So while some people have premeditated wealth, others have premeditated poverty. Others have premeditated lack. Others have normalized insufficiency. And then I went a little further when I was watching the movie and something really hit me in the head. The, the agent told Tyrone, he said, I need you. You are important to the structure. You are an important ingredient to the dynamic. And I thought about it. You need murder. You need dope dealers. The only difference between the dope dealer in the street and the dope dealer on Wall Street is the dope dealer in the street go to jail. The dope dealer on Wall Street make billions. And I sit back and I said, damn. They, they bold enough to put this in our face. The pimp, the dope dealer. He said, we need y'all. But he said, the woman, y'all come a dime a dozen. And I thought about something. 
in my mind, I said, that's the family dynamic. If the man is a dope dealer and a pimp and the woman don't have no, she got to do it on her own, then we can never build a true structure that it takes for us to get ahead because we too at war within ourselves. If you break up the family dynamic, you can never build wealth. How you going to build wealth if you ain't got nobody to give it to? If the woman out here fending for herself, doing it on her own, how the hell are we going to flourish? So building wealth then becomes waging war on the current environment that we know that exists. So when I think about revolution, it simply means overthrowing an old government that no longer benefits you. Now, I'm not saying overthrow the president. I'm saying what is the government? What are the politics that orchestrate how we move in our communities? Where's the hierarchy at? Who suffers the most when we don't take advantage of opportunities? The opportunities that we do not take advantage of become opposition and adversity for the next generation. I want to ask you a question. If not you, then who? If you don't become the first millionaire, if you don't become the first successful story in your family, how many generations behind you will it take for you to move the needle in your family? I want you to look ahead of yourself. I want you to look back. I want you to look at your grandmother. I want to look at your mama. I want you to look at your great-grandmother. And I want you to ask yourself this question. How far has we have we moved economically from then to you? Because when I look at it, I'm going to keep it 100. I love my family, but my grandmother went to prison. My mama went to prison. I went to prison. So if I'm looking ahead, if I don't change something, then we're going to have a family tree of prisoners, a slave labor, a free labor. We're going to have a generation, we're going to have a family tree designed where we think it's okay to go to prison. So when I say turning our last name to an asset, I'm going to ask you a question. Who is the one that turned their last name to an asset on your family tree? Are you the physical representation of what you won't see or are you still dreaming? What can I learn from what I've been through? When I realized that the pharmaceutical industry is a billion dollar industry and the dope game is a billion dollar industry. I realized I was playing the wrong game. When I realized that in order to be a good hustler, you got to have a good product and you got to have good clientele. But then I realized I can make more money from owning a company like Apple who has a good product and good clientele. I realized I'm playing the wrong game. When I realized I don't got to go build a billion dollar business, America is full of them. I just got to invest in them. I realized I'm playing the wrong game. When I realized there's a cap on how much money I can make working a job, but there's no cap on how much money I can make investing, I realized I'm playing the wrong game. 
when I realized that the bank was only giving me zero point some percent on my money from a savings account. But if I owned the bank, not only could I get a dividend from the bank that beats inflation, but I can also increase my equity from owning a bank. I realized I can make more money from owning a bank than having my money sitting in the bank. I realized I'm playing the wrong game. I realized I'm playing the wrong game. And so for me, once you have the realization, once you come into the information and the knowledge, the thing now is, what do we do with the information? So my goal with the workshops and my goal with Trapping Tuesday is to not just to give you information, but to show you how to execute and how to use the information. Episode 56, man. Welcome to Trapping Tuesday, y'all. Jose, how you feel? We on tour, God damn it. Hey, I had Jose in the gym with me last night, y'all. That was the worst shit ever. My dog went through it, but here's what I want to do before we get started. Dave, let's put our mantra up. Listen, I'm going to be real with y'all. This, this means a lot to me. When I created this, it was because I understood that I wasn't a rapper. That was, that was cool. What I realized was when people have something to believe in, when I realized when we can, we can cast out a net that anchors people to something new, I realized in my mind, I wanted people to, to say this. I wanted people to believe in this. But I wanted this to be the new standard. Because I'm not going to lie, when I, when I used to say the, the Pledge of Allegiance and they said this one part I never get, the land of the free and the home of the brave, I ain't relate to that. I ain't relate to it. Because I ain't met too many people that was free, but I know one thing, you got to be brave to make it out of New Orleans. You got to be brave. And so when I thought about this and when we came up with this, when I wrote this, I wrote this from my heart because I had a vision. And I'm going to be real. Every city I go to, it always amazes me that people know this. So we're going to start off every Trap and Tuesdays with this. And, and, and if you know it, y'all know the routine. If you don't know it, just read the goddamn board. <laughs> All right, so let's go, y'all. Here's how I go. I am a certified Wall Street trapper. I am confident in my ability to make great investments. The stock market is a machine that prints money, and I am more than capable of operating this machine. Not only will I free myself, but my family will eat for a lifetime based on the information I applied today. I'm a money maker and a wealth builder. Today I break the chains that anchor me from the poverty mindset. My ancestors will snob, smile now because I have turned my last name into an asset. Stop right there. That part that always hit me in my spirit. Because who sacrificed for us to get here? Who mama worked two and three jobs so you could go to school and have school clothes? Who grandmother sacrificed so you could get here? 
Somebody jumped off a boat. Somebody went through some extreme circumstances. Somebody suffered. Somebody said, not today, Satan. Somebody prayed them prayers to get you here. Somebody, daddy, was working on a garbage truck. Somebody went to prison. Somebody did something for you to get here today. So I'm saying my ancestors smile now because I've turned my last name into an asset. Me, I'm the one that's going to turn how we look at money. I'm the one going to introduce us to new possibilities. I'm the one going to normalize freedom. So when I say that, I say that from a different type of perspective. So I need you to repeat that with me again. My ancestors will smile now because I've turned our last name into an asset. My family's purchasing power will increase indefinitely. Today, I make the declaration that no longer will I be a slave to money. No longer will the generations behind me inherit lack. No longer will I submit to selling my time for money. I am a first generation millionaire. I am the architect of my family's legacy. I am a certified Wall Street trapper. And Wall Street trust, I Let's go, Jose. God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. I told you, Jose. That part be like, that part be an adrenaline rush. That part, that Wall Street look like, God damn it. All right, man, let's get into it, man. If it's your first time for Trapping Tuesday, man, welcome home. It's home. If you've been here before, come sit at the table. You know we got leftovers. Not from Thanksgiving, though. All right, so today, man, we had all indices was down today. Every last one of them. Every last one of them was down today. But check this out. It's through days like that where we make more money. Let's go a little further, Jose. I mean, uh, Dave. Let's go a little further. We're going to pass the heat check up. I want to get to it. Here's what I want to do. Dave, I want to go to the last one with the Louis Vuitton. Go to the last slide. Boom. So I want to show y'all something. When I saw this today, it really... The other day, it really, it really touched me. So, a brand by the name of Tapestry, they own Coach, Kate Spade, and Michael Kors. They bought a company called Capri Holdings, which owns Versace and Jimmy Choo. How many of y'all heard of them brands before? All right. And what I realized was, I said, damn, so now we have three major players in the luxury designer space. Now, I'm never the person to tell you don't go get fresh. That that ain't my, I I don't preach that sermon. Because people always say, you could be spending your money. No, I won't spend my money. I don't spend money on my thing is always, if you're going to buy and it's investable, you should invest in it. So every time I see somebody go buy a Fendi bag, I'll be like, damn, she made me some money. Go get you another one, babe. Matter of fact, get two. Every time I see Versace come out with another pair of shoes with a big bottle, I'm like, yup. You're going to like them big ass shoes. <laughs> go make me some money. And so I want us to understand that All of these luxury brands are investable. So the next brand is Louis Vuitton, LVMH. How many of y'all heard of that before? How many of y'all got a pair of Louis? I'll be lying. All right, all right, let me say this. How many of y'all got the real Louis? 
There we go. That might be a little better. Jose, that might be a little better. Yeah, the, the knockoff don't count. So this brand is the biggest luxury brand. LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Fendi, Givenchy, or is it Givenchy? There y'all go. You know how to say it, but you don't own it. Goddamn. I set them up. 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 You like that, Jose? I thought about that when I saw it. I said, I bet they know how to pronounce it. And they'll argue you down. Celine, Christian Dior, Hennessy. Now, I'm from New Orleans. We from New Orleans. We know one thing. That Hennessy. That brown. If I'm rocking with somebody and they start drinking Hennessy, I'm leaving them. They about to get ignorant. I don't want no affiliation. If you say you drinking brown, I'm saying who all over there? Well, you drank brown. All right, so watch this. Sephora. Fenty. Don Perignon. Moet. Tiffany and Company. How many of y'all heard of them brands before? Okay, so they on the stock market. L-V-M-U-Y. So watch this. This is even doper. The man who owned this company became the richest man in the world during the pandemic. I wonder why. B, I saw you with that big That's my girl, y'all. He became the richest man in the world during the pandemic. He don't got a tech company. While most of the billionaires in the world got technology companies, this man don't own not one tech stock, one tech company. Because here's what happens. While most people think money will change this situation, it is said that if you split the wealth up evenly in America, within 10 years, the people who were once wealthy will be 10 times more wealthy. Why? Because poor people have bad money habits. So what happens is when you take somebody that's poor, you take somebody that comes from poverty, you take somebody from the working class, you take somebody that came from check to check, you take somebody that understands how to spend money they don't have, and you give them free money, they go buy all the things that they thought they ever wanted. And then you realize a week later that that don't even make no sense. All right, let's go a little deeper. So here's what we do understand. We understand that during the pandemic, every time you went to the mall, what stores had the biggest lines? Well, not in New Orleans, because it was that little corner store we got for Saks don't be hitting on. That's a little corner store. But watch this. The next group, Gucci, Balenciaga, McQueen. How y'all say the next name? I ain't, I ain't going to get y'all. Bottega, and then they just bought Creed. Fellas, you know one thing. Once you step into the Creed cologne section, you on a different level. You know. You go from polo blue to Creed, it's a different game. <laughs> it's a, you walk in, when you get the Creed, you walking around different. You're like, girl, you I'm out your lead. Got on that Creed, baby. Baby, like be some obvious, baby. I ain't gonna lie about my first bottle of Creed, Jose. What? I'm, listen, I bought my first bottle of Creed. I was like, yo, this is the fellas. What's our first bottle? Adventures, right? See, somebody like I ain't there yet, trap. You gotta. 
Go buy the stock, bro. These three brands are the big dogs in the luxury game. I want you to pay attention to something. And if we don't pay attention to nothing else, I want you to look at all the designer brands that we wear. They all fall under three companies. Now, I'm not the person to tell you what to do with your money, but here's what I used to do with my homies. Since I knew we was going to wear the Fendi, since I knew we was going to wear the Louis Vuitton, I've been owning LVMUI. That was probably one of the first stocks I bought around 2015, 2016. I was like, I might as well buy it. Even if I didn't understand it, I wanted to buy it because I knew they make some pretty fly stuff. So that in order for us to truly win this game, we got to change our mindset. But we got to change our philosophies around money. So one of the things I want you to do is this. Before you go buy it, I want to ask yourself this question. Can I buy the stock too? Now, here's the cheat code to it. Most of the stuff we buy, the stock costs cheaper than the product. I flame them, Jose. They ain't even get that. They ain't get that. They ain't get that. Watch this. Jose, Apple stock is 177 The iPhone costs us $1,000 easy. Nine iPhone stock buys one iPhone. They done bought nine iPhones. But don't own one Apple stock. Dave, let's go to my next slide. The Apple stock I did. I need you to understand this. The Apple stock I did keep the poverty away. An Apple stock a day keep the poverty away. Now, here's something that I just learned, y'all. While I do own a couple Rolexes, I own a couple Apple stock because I own a couple Apple watches because since 2008, I have not traded in one iPhone. I own the headphones. I own the laptop. My daughter keep losing the headphones, so I keep buying the headphones. How many of us done lost three pair that? Got you. Damn, it got me again. I'm going to show you how cold-blooded business is. Them people went from having, we wasn't losing the ones that we plug in the phone. We wasn't losing them. They upped the price and then took the, God damn it. You create the problem and sell a solution. So they know we wasn't, watch this, they know we wasn't losing them. So they say, I got them. We are going to take the card away because humans are humans and most human beings are irresponsible. And then we're going to sell them at a higher price. Then when they went a little further, they stopped selling us the chargers. I said, this ain't some brilliant, God damn. The phone ain't no good if I ain't got a charger. So now we trying to be cheap. Just give me the, just give me the box. Just give me the box. I got that one already. Then you go home like, damn. Then what they did, watch this. He got even smarter with us. Then they switch the type of box that go in the charger. Bro, that dude is brilliant. And guess what we keep doing? Watch this. I told y'all, being smart in the business world and being smart, 
as building a business the same as the streets. Watch this. He created junkies. He made us fiends. Because guess what? Jose, I'm going to keep it real. Most of my Apple people ain't switching to Android. So let me see something right quick. I'm going to say something right quick. I'm kind of prejudiced. I'm kind of prejudiced. If you text me with a green bubble, <laughs> I'm going to question our friendship. I don't even know if I still love them. I'm asking myself, how important is this friendship to me? My cousin. Look, look, true story. Let me get to All right. Shout out to my people in the balcony, man. What's good, family? Let me tell you something real gangster, right? So my cousin moved. And I say, cuz, listen, bro, I got this job. You know, I want you to come work with me and build this company. And so he's like, all right, cuz. So you come to Atlanta with me. And I, I text him a couple of times. I'm like, wait, cuz, this thing green. <laughs> Bruh, the first day in the A, we went and got that boy iPhone. <laughs> I said, bruh, I don't need that negative energy in my life. <laughs> Jose, look what that boy said. I'm in a bind, Nate. <laughs> Jose, that boy looks like, what am I going to do with this? I say, you got to figure it out. So I say, cuz, you know, I text you. He was like, man, I don't got no numbers. I'm, he was struggling with that thing. Man, I don't got none of my contacts. He <laughs> don't got nothing. But my goal with y'all is this. Here's what I learned when I was researching this iPhone sells more watches in one quarter than the whole luxury watch brand sells in a year. That's more than Rolex. Now, don't get me wrong. Rolex make more money than Apple when it comes to the watch game, but they, because of the price difference, but Apple sells more Apple watches than all the luxury watch brands in one quarter then they sell in a year. So again, I ask you, an Apple stock a day does what? An Apple stock a day does what? Let's go a little further, Dave. So watch this. Here's why I say this. Here's the companies that Apple compete with. They do everything from payment plans. They compete. They got Apple Pay. How many of us use Apple Pay? It's easier. Watch this. Streaming. Me Hold up. Let's stop for a second. How many of us see that 1099 on our account every month? And you're like, what the hell is Apple charging me for? You forget they nickel and diamond us. Every month. And the problem is, it ain't even like the 1099 be hurting us. You just don't know, like, what the hell? But they got us in a loop. Also, from operating, they compete with Android, recognition, speakers. When they bought the when they bought Beast, that was a game changer. They bought Beats, it was a game changer. Watch this. Smart homes, watches, smart tablet, computers. From the iPhone, Apple Pay, TV, music, iOS, streaming, 
because they got that. The headphones, the watch, the iPad, the Mac. Here's the dope part about that. Once they get you in the system, they connect all your information in the cloud to everything. Now you can't leave. Look at Jose. He got the iMac. You put him on an HP, he confused. All right, let's go a little further, Dave. I just want to show us the under, I want us to understand the importance of how we play this game. I want us to understand that every 76% of the stuff around us is investable. My whole goal for us is I don't need you to focus on getting it right in the beginning. I need you to focus on getting in position so you can play the game. Most of us, are, watch this. Most of us would be like, yo, that, I'm going to wait till the stock pull back. Well, I'm going to wait till it go lower people at. Now y'all going to lie in my face. I'm going to wait till it go a little lower. And then it go a little lower and you wanted to go lower. And then when it go up high, you say, I should have bought it when it was lower. You got to pick a struggle, family. You got to pick a struggle. David, let's go a little further. So here's what I want us to see. Here's three things that I want us to focus on. So one of the things I like to do is not only give us actionable steps, I like to give us things that we can focus on. So one of the things I like to focus on is free cash flow of a business. What is free cash flow of the business? That tells us how much money the business is making once it pays everything and that business is left. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? That's all. Listen, we at home. I don't mind repeating it because what I don't want us doing is this. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, what did he just say? Damn, I missed that back up. And then you get home and you got the whole thing full of notes and you don't know what none of that means. Some of us are professional note takers. You got all the highlights in your book. But you ain't doing none of that. That's the problem. Where my professional note takers at? Y'all be lying. All right, let's go. So watch this. Free cash flow is after the business pays off all of its bills, what does it have left over? Every year I won't see that growing. Because what that tells us is, that tells us that the management can do a great job at earning money paying bills and then rewarding us. Let me make that make sense to you. How many of us, whether you're an entrepreneur or you work a job, after you pay your bills, you don't got nothing left over? Don't raise your hand. I don't want to put nobody on the spot. You got to get better at delegating how you are spending money. Most of us don't have a money problem. We have a bad relationship and we got bad behavioral financial problems. Watch this. Impulsive buyers, where y'all at? Impulsive buying. Spending money that we don't have. Having more months left in money. That don't change by making more money because when you make more money, you find more stuff to buy. A great prophet once said, 
When you broke, you drove. When you paid, you got buku places to go. <laughs> Proverbs Juvie. <laughs> 21. Jose, we got 2,000 people in the chat. Let's clap for that. We love that. And I want us to understand, man, when it comes to making money, when it comes to, I see us, man, and I see economically we are decaying because America never stops finding things for us to spend money on and we are always enticed by the new thing when financially we are disregarding where we are and because we are disregarding where we are, we are now getting lost in the system that America has designed. I'm going to go back to who cloned Tyrone. Because it, in my mind, it wasn't that they were just cloning him as a person. They were replicating the mentality of the Tyrone. They were replicating the mentality of, say, a prostitute. They were replicating the mentality of the pimp. They were replicating the mentality of everybody in the community. So what happens is if everybody thinking the same way and if everybody moving the same way, you're going to see an outlier and you're going to think they're crazy. When you the one that won't have a different conversation, it's hard for you to now introduce that conversation to people who all think and see the world the same way. So what happens of you become a product of them instead of them becoming a product of you. So when I was telling my homies about the stock market, they were like, nah, bro, we trapped But when I started moving this way, I didn't hold it against them. I said, I just got to show them better than I can tell them. So now when they see it, they can also see a way out and I can be the light. We got to be the example of what our people see the change is. I don't waste no time congratulating everybody I see from the city winning. How can I help? What can I do? Because I know if we come together, now we can show our city something different. And I can promise you this, man, this city got so much pride. This city got so much culture, but we don't got enough leaders. We don't got enough representation. And it ain't that the representation ain't there, it's that individually, B only got so much influence. Individually, Trap only got so much influence. Individually, Larry only got so much influence. But together, we got more influence than any politician that ever came to New Orleans. So we come together and say, yo, this the new normal. This is what we doing. We showing you how to open up restaurants. We showing you how to start the beauty business. We showing you how to invest in the stock market. We showing you how to get in real estate. Now we don't need no mayor. We don't need no governor. We got ourselves. And we come in all different shapes and sizes. We call from all different backgrounds. We all speak in language and we all got the most powerful tool behind us and that's social media. So when ET told us the ATM is within us, the influence is within us. The music influence. So why when we see each other, we can't be influenced by trap. Why we can't be influenced by that. Uh, why we can't be influenced by people who we know come from where we come from, who don't. I'm going to keep it. Everybody can do what I, I ain't go to college for this. I don't think Larry went to college to learn how to put a restaurant together. But yet he keeps dropping. Every time I look up, he got another one. I don't know which one to go to. I don't think B went to college and I know she played ball. But I don't think she went to college to learn how to start that line. But yo, she killing it. 
I don't think black went to college to learn how to put the hookah pipes together. But I know he killing it. And I damn sure no Superman went to college to learn how to do that makeup. But yeah, she on that level. So in our community, we got all the prototypes we need. In our community, we got all the examples we need. And here's the dope part about it. Man, don't none of us play no sports. Ain't none of us doing nothing that all of us can't do. And so for me, I go to each one of them and be like, yo, let me show you how to take the money from there and put it to what I'm doing. So now you good for life. What's up? What's that? Y'all understand me? Let's go a little further, man. Stop right there. So watch this. The next one I want to go to is return on invested capital. All that simply means is how good am I at turning $1 into 10 or multiplying it? The problem that a lot of us have, we're not good at multiplying money. We good at subtracting money. We good at spending money. But you change the game when you learn how to multiply. Let's go a little further, Dave. So here's five things that I ask myself before I even invest in any type of company. One, how do they make money? And so if I asked you, how does Walmart make money? What would you tell me? But I want you to understand the way they make money is they are the low price leader. They ain't never told you we're going to give you the best quality. Jose brought something to my attention last week. Between Walmart and Target, you can go to Target and get a Starbucks. You go to Walmart and get a quarter pounder. That's a whole different group of people. The people that drink the Starbucks think they bougie. With the pinky out. The people that go buy the quarter pounders, they don't care what's going on. Give me the nuggets, fam. Two barbecue sauces, not one. Two. And when she give you one, why she act like she own the goddamn McDonald's? Two damn ketchup. The people ain't paying you enough to not give me no. <laughs> you act like it's coming out of your check. The people told the lady that two barbecue sauce minimum. You mad at her instead of Ronald. <laughs> All right, so one of the things that's important to me is understand how the business make money at its core. That's important. Number two is the free cash flow growing. So watch this. For us, we know that the bank isn't the safest place for our money, but for some reason, if we see our money growing in the bank, we feel accomplished, right or wrong? All right, listen, check this out. You don't got to, like, I ain't looking at, like, I was that person too. Like, like, yep, as long as I see the money in the bank growing, I'm good. Here's the thing I do have with the banks, though. The money that you see in the bank ain't really there. So what you don't know is, Jose, you know what we're going to start doing from now on? We're going to start bringing a whiteboard on tour. I like, I'm missing that. That drawing, whiteboard moments. So here's what you know. Once you sign up for, you put your money in the bank. Once you sign up for the account, by law, they can take 90% of that money and invest it. 
So if you have a thousand dollars deposited, how much is going to really be in there? A hundred. The only reason that they got the thousand on there is for them to remind themselves of how much they owe you. Which is why when everybody would try to get their money out of the bank, the stock market collapses. You know why? Because the bank ain't got your money. So when I talk about belief systems, I need you to understand that I want you to get out of the mindset of that the stock, I mean, that the bank is the safest place for my money. It ain't. But if we see that our money is growing in our bank account, we feel a certain kind of way. The same thing with a business. If we can see the business profit, free cash flow continues to grow, that's a sign of a good business. Next one, where are they in the business cycle? I want you to understand this, and it's real talk. It's real talk. Business is going to go through three cycles, growth phase, sustainability, and then they're going to decay. How many of us remember Blockbuster? Everybody in the world don't know this, but how many of us in New Orleans remember K&B? See, they like, damn. They was in the decaying phase. So what I need you to understand is what phase that the company is in. So if you think about Walmart, what's what stage do you think Walmart is in? Growth, stable, or decaying? Stable. Stable. What phase is Tesla in? Growth. If we can understand that, now I can put something around this company. The next thing is, how long am I willing to own this company? For me, it's always three to five years. And the reason why I never go 20 years and all that, because people be saying that, is because I don't know what's going to happen in 20 years. We thought Toys R Us was going to be around for a grown time. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They must have grew up. <laughs> they must have grew up because they left us. And so once we understand that and me, I can ask myself, all right, for me, it's always, am I willing to own this between three to five years? Am I making sense? And the last thing I ask myself is, what's my story behind the company? I don't never want you to invest in a company if you don't got a story behind that company. And the reason being is because you need to know why am I buying this company? I always create a story around it because if I understand why I bought the company, when the reason why I bought the company no longer exists, it means that I cannot get rid of this company. Am I making sense? If I can understand why I bought it, that's the story I'm creating. When that story no longer exists, it's okay for me to sell that company because I don't fall in love with no company. Every company is all about returns, not my love. The minute Apple stop Appling, I'm going to go invest somewhere else. It probably ain't going to be Samsung, though. <laughs> shot fire, shot fire, shot fire. Let's go a little further. So, Dave, here's what I'm going to do right quick. Dave, every week we like to show them the recession portfolio. Boom, let's show them that. All right, so let's go first day, first one. Boom. So, all right, so here's what I like to do, man. Each and every week, man, I like to show people how I'm moving in the market. And I think it's always important for people to see that because nobody else in the game is transparent as me. I don't mind showing y'all wins. I don't mind showing y'all losses. And the reason why I don't mind showing y'all that is because I want you to believe in it. I want you to see the day that I make $100,000 so you can be like, God damn. 
And I want you to see the days I lose $70,000 so you can be like, God damn. But emotionally, I'm not attached to it. And the reason why I'm not attached to it is because I know that as long as I consistently play the game, I'm going to win more than I lose. Is that making sense? A couple months ago, I hit my first million dollar in a portfolio. And once I hit that, that was a goal for me. I wanted the stock market to print enough to make my portfolio hit a million dollars. We started with 400,000. It went to a million. It's still, wait, let me, it's still at a million plus. This is just one of the portfolios. And I felt amazing about that. Because once I put the money in and once I pricked the companies, the stock market did everything else. So today, in one portfolio, this NVIDIA call, within the last three days, it's printed $18,000. Today, it printed $2,750. Now, let me show y'all how emotionally I'm not attached to this money. We've been in this here company, this, so this is the options portfolio, and in a workshop, we're going to talk about this. So we did, we've been in this company for about three weeks. For two weeks, it was down. So how many people here in the Patreon group with me? Y'all made some money? I, I like how he start smiling. You know somebody made money when they start smiling. So I said something. I said, yo, check this out. I said, say, y'all, let's get out of all our positions. So we was in like six winning positions. I said, we're going to keep the Apple position and we're going to keep the NVIDIA position for two reasons alone. It's because everything else we was up on, we was up big on. I said, we're going to keep these positions because I feel like they're going to turn around for us. But we got to be here. We got to be in a position to capitalize when the company turns. So for about a week and a half, the NVIDIA position was down. Now, here's the thing about people, no matter how much money you make for them, when they lose a little money, they get aggressive. Hey, trap. What are we doing, bro? I'm like, bro, I ain't, I ain't say nothing. Then the next day, man, trap. Man, my account red, bro. I'm like, mine too. I can't, I can't change that. The market going to do what it's supposed to do. And so we was in this call, and I'm going to explain that later. So it was a 470 call, which means we thought the stock was going to hit 470. And so I told them in the group, I said, listen, in about a week, we're going to roll this down, but just wait for me to make the play. So the one thing people, it's hard for people to do is, the one thing I can teach nobody is when, you're, when your account is in the red, I can't teach you how to feel about that. So one of the things that helped me was, and people always ask me, well, Trap, how did you become that way? I like to call it financially calloused. Meaning, if you know anything about working out or working with your hands, you know you get calluses from consistently doing something. Shout to my people in the Patreon, man. Patreon group go crazy. One man was in there like, Trap, I doubled my 401k. I doubled my retirement. Other dudes say, Trap, I've been with you for two months and I made $50,000. I quit my job. I say, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't quit the damn job, bro. That's what we do, though. We make some money, we like, I quit. Why we be tweaking and telling people we quit? <laughs> Man, it's all stupid. I don't quit this job anyway. 
I see my brother up there goes, he be calling it the plantation. Man, I just be on the plantation, bro. Goddamn plantation. So I had to tell a dude, like, bro, don't quit the job because your job is your biggest investor. Here's the dope part about it. You made $50,000 in a couple months. You've now bought back some of your freedom. But you got to buy freedom back incrementally, and we all right. So this week, Monday, I said, hey, y'all, we're going to roll the full 70 call down to about 415 or something like that. So we rolled it down, and in two days, we've made three days, we've made $18,000. Now, here's the crazy part about it. When people are grunting and complaining, you be the worst enemy. When they be making money, they be saying, man, trap, cold-blooded, dog. Man, trap my dog. And so what I said was, I said, yo, let's roll this down. We're going to roll it down to the 415 call. And once we, once we roll it down to the 415 call, we'd be all right. Sure enough, we rolled it down to the 415 call. Things start printing money. Everybody all right. So with the Apple stock, though, it turned, but the last two days it didn't go down. But I ain't, I ain't tripping on being down a couple dollars. Because the ultimate goal this year, as we can see, we've made... Totally of these two, 17,000, of 17,000, but this year alone, we've made $350,000 just from playing the options market, and it's July. The goal for me is to just print money. I've never met a hustler in the street that stopped hustling because somebody hit their stash. I've never met a hustler in the street that because they had to bond out of jail or something that they quit. It's always something dramatic that make you stop hustling. And so for me, I've never met a person that really truly was dedicated to this game that lost a little money and said, I'm going to stop playing the game. I lost $113,000 in 2021. At that point, I knew I was committed. Let's go a little further, Dave. All right, so here is the other recession portfolio. I think right now we are up about 25% on a year. The stock market itself is only up about 17% on a year. So we beat the market. How do we beat the market consistently when they always tell us that you can't beat the market? I want you to understand that the reason why they tell you you can't beat the market because they make more money for them doing it for you than you learning how to do it yourself. Okay, let me hit this home a little bit. I want to drive this a little bit, Jose. The reason why they want you to, they don't want you to do it for yourself because they can make more money off you having a full 1K or annuity than they do you investing for yourself. Got them. Got them. Got them. So the reason why most financial advisors will tell you about the, and I don't got nothing against financial advisors, but the reason why most financial advisors will tell you about a full 1K is because they've been trained to sell you a product instead of selling you your freedom. Freedom gonna cost you. And I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to be 100% realistic for you. The, every time you have somebody else doing something for you, you will never get the maximum benefit of it. And that's why I came up with the saying, if you allow them to feed you, you get them permission to starve you. Because as long as someone else is doing something for you, you can never benefit from it. Here's the true meaning of that. In your 401k, the average person that has a 401k pays anywhere between 11 
to 17 fees that they do not understand that they're paying. And whether you are making money or whether you are losing money in your full 1K, guess who got to pay the taxes and guess who got to pay the fees? You, not the company. And you can go ask the average person who's retired with their 401k. It's probably about 30% less than what they thought it was when they initially had it. And that's not by mistake. It's by design. The financial industry is set up to sell you a product. It's not set up for you to be free. And so the minute you are bold enough, the minute you are dedicated enough, the minute you wrap your mind around, yep, I'm willing to take this loss to win my freedom back. You have now stepped outside of the matrix and you've now taken full responsibility of yourself financially. Trust me, you will get chastised, but trust me, it is not an ass open that I have taken in this world that I have not learned from. It is not one chastisement that I have had that I have not learned from. But the hardest part about learning anything is the learning curve. The fear of losing money, the fear of failure, and the fear of looking foolish. But the minute we get past that, man, we unlock something that's so powerful. Once you build up that financial fortitude to say, I can retire 10 years early. I'm a professional money printer. And what I love about this game is you don't got to quit your job to do it. You don't got to be an entrepreneur to do it. All you got to do is be bold enough to say, I'm going to put my money in the market and I'm going to let the market doing it. Because being able to execute is more important than actually executing. Because all of us have dreams, all of us has visions, but why do we oftentimes get caught up in not doing it? Because we think about what it costs us if it goes wrong. The minute you can get past that, I promise you, you tap into a space that very few people are willing to operate in, and it's the unknown. The minute you stop needing certainty around your life is the minute you can unlock your dreams. It's because you want everything to fall in line. Here's a new flash, y'all. Very seldom will all your ducks be in a row. You got to go gather them. You got to cross your own T's. You got to dot your own I's. And the problem with that is the sentences ain't going to make sense sometimes. And once you become comfortable with that, you tap into something that most people will never do. Let's go a little further, Dave. God damn it, Jose. Two have been on fire. I think is he back home. I think is he back home. Let's go a little further, Dave. The next one, yep. Watch this, y'all. I'm broke, baby. Ain't got no money. Shit. Come on, I'm broke, baby. Ain't got no money. Boo. I'm I stop. see you shining. They got kids in here. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> All right, so watch this, man. Here's something I just learned. 64 companies went bankrupt in July of 2023. This is the largest amount of companies since 2022. We have already seen more companies go bankrupt in seven months in 2023 than the entire year of 2022. And in 2023, in July, this is the most we've ever seen companies go bankrupt in a 30-year time frame. Why is that important? 
It is important because that helps us understand financially and economically where we are as a country, where we are as a community, where we are as a people. I want you to understand that if you don't understand how to spend your money and what's going on with the world, you will always be on the back end. Our community, the poor and the working class, suffer more during recessions than the millionaire. Let's go a little further, Jose. I mean, did One more. Right there. Here's what I want us to understand. I know y'all might can't see it. U.S. companies filing bankruptcy year to year from 2010. It was 827. That was right after. That was right after 9-11. I mean, um, the financial crisis. These are whole years. We're only seven months in and right now we are averaging 64 companies a year that's filing bankruptcy. We only in August. We only in August. It's a good chance that we probably going to end the year with somewhere around 700 companies bankrupt that are almost catch us there. Here's what I want us to understand. When the market and the economy is this type of position, that's when we can make the most money. So one of my sayings is you make more money in a drought. If you're a trapper, you know, you know. If you ain't, don't even worry about it. Just know. And what happens is, I want you to get the mindset of we are investing in the economy when the economy sells us assets on sale. So I want us to think about it like this. When the economy is trouble, in trouble, this when the billionaires of the world triple their network. Let me make it make sense a little more. During the pandemic, the wealthy people of America, about from 2020 to 2023, 2022, increased their wealth by $5 trillion but they put $6 trillion in the economy. How did you think that happened? They couldn't just get themselves $5 trillion, but what did they do? They put money in the hands of the people who didn't know how to spend money because they knew the people was going to do what? Return the money. They knew the people was going to return the money. And so my biggest goal to us is we got to get comfortable with saying, let me learn how to Spend money. Let's go a little further, Dave. All right. So here's the industry. So I'm a, I'm a, y'all can't say, but I'm gonna say it. the industries that's spending, that's going bankruptcy the most, consumer discretionary, that's companies like Amazon, that's companies like Tesla, that's companies that are based on people having disposable income. The next one is the industrials, healthcare and financials. So while the banks are always on TV for going bankruptcy, there's three other industries that are going bankrupt more than banks. Am I making sense? What we need to understand is if these industries are going bankrupt, then that means the companies inside those industries are often on sale. Why is that? Because if an industry is experiencing a decline then investors in the market often say, I don't want to invest there. I need to take my money from there and put my money where the market or the economy is blossoming. But here's what happens with the market. When they get out of a business, it's a good possibility for us to learn how to get in the business because they're going to go back to that industry. This is how you get a company. Watch this. 
Last year, technology was not winning. This year, technology is the biggest sector. What happens to people who invest in technology when it wasn't winning and it was buying it cheap? They're up now 100%, 200% in a year's time. Let me ask you a question. What can you go get 100% return of your money in less than a year? All my trappers don't say nothing. If you in the streets, chill, chill. Am I making sense? We trapping? Let's go a little further, man. All right, so watch this. Here's, this is real. The debt in America is at an all-time high. And I'm not talking about America itself. I'm talking about people using credit. More people are spending their money using credit cards now than ever before. America has finally hit $1 trillion in household debt. Don't you let that sit in. It said that the average household is at least behind 60 days on at least two bills. The average household is behind at least 60 days on at least two bills. So I want you to get off Instagram because everybody that said they popping ain't popping. The numbers in the data. And here's what I've learned about this is it doesn't even matter your race. Wealth doesn't care about race. Poverty doesn't care about race. I grew up in Mid-City. They had poor white people and poor Spanish people. We was all chilling. We went from handing out record levels of stimulus to borrowing record levels of debt. At this rate now, America is spending $5 billion a day on its interest on the debt that it has. So here's what I do want you to understand. I don't get caught up in if China going to be the next superpower. That's out of my control. I don't get caught up in if Europe is going to be the next superpower. I'm out. That's out of my control. Here's what's in my control. When somebody else do become in power, I want to make sure I got enough money to still operate in a certain way. Because all we know is the America that's the big dog. We don't know the America that's the number two country. And I can promise you this. The America that's not the number one country gets treated completely different than the America that's the big dog. Because what happens is when another country becomes the big dog, they then impose their will on everybody else. And while America is a place where you can go print as much money as you want, go to a country where they don't accept the American dollar. Now, just imagine that being your every day. We go places because we in America, we like, y'all don't take American money? Y'all crazy. Just imagine that being a norm. Poor, paycheck to paycheck, economically insufficient, in America, as it is now, isn't the same as that, as that country not being a superpower. 
And the number one thing that you can do for yourself is take your money out the money because money isn't the best asset and putting your money somewhere where you can consistently let that money make more money for you. You're going to hear me say that because the only way to truly build wealth is to make more money from your money making money for you than you working for the money. And I say that to entrepreneurs and people that work a job because a lot of entrepreneurs, you are slaves to your business. If you stop working in your business, you can't, your business is going to flop. I went to Africa for 30 days. The business still ran itself. If you can't step away from your business and your business still making money for you, I promise you, you just traded one employer for the next. Successful entrepreneurship is about disassociating myself with the business. I'm still there in name. I'm still there in vision, but I'm not there manually. And if you're going to work a job, if you don't learn how to be able to put yourself in position where you wake up in the morning and you say, I don't want to go to this job. When you say to yourself, when you have to stop saying, let me sit in the driveway for 10 minutes before I go in and talk to these people. When you got to decompress because you're sitting in your car because your boss done pissed you off. When you got to stop saying, I hate this damn job. That's when you know you stepped in another situation. I want you to be able to put yourself in the financial independence part before you get to the financial freedom part. The financial independence part is saying no longer is lo money is no longer an issue because I've empowered myself enough to go make money without depending on my job. And I promise you, once you get there, you're going to look at life different. Because freedom and independence is an acquired taste. Once you understand, I can print more money in the day than I can make in a year, you look at life different. Once you understand, I can make my paycheck in a day, whatever that is, you go through life different. Once you understand that money is a tool, not a goal, you go through life a little different. Once you understand that money is only leverage, you look at life different. But our biggest problem I keep telling us is we still got money problems, so we can't get to the other problems. Stress. The number one cause of stress, lack of money. The number one cause of marriage, divorce, lack of money. I can promise you, lack of money in a marriage, now you sleeping too long is a problem. Lack of money in a marriage, why you ain't got that food without me is a problem. Lack of money in a marriage, why you closing that door so loud is a problem. Lack of money in a marriage, you met me like this is a problem. Why you smacking like that? Is a problem. Why are you on my side of the bed? But what happens is, once we start economically putting ourselves in a different 
situation. I talk about money different. But I also open up the possibilities to my people a little different. And I talk about my daughter a lot because one of the things that changed my life was I was like, yo, I'm about to start investing for my child when she was one. So when she got a half a million dollars in her account at seven, I feel like an accomplished dad. And it's not because of the money. It's because in my mind, I've already put her in position to be a millionaire before she's 10, which means I've always given her, I've already given her opportunities. I've already put her in front of the eight ball. And I've already told her that your little dusty ass son not going to be able to. <laughs> but there's opportunities in learning how to play this game, y'all. And so you're going to always hear me pivot and talk about money differently. And people are going to say, well, you're doing that because you got money. And I'm going to be real with you. Before I had the money, I believed in the vision. The money now is a byproduct of my beliefs and my habits. But most importantly, my discipline. My beliefs. I believed in the stock market. I believed that I can make more money in this market. Because when I look at Warren Buffett, it don't look like he worked a hard day in his life. And I'm going to keep it real with you. It's easier to live to 90-something years old when you ain't waking up every day worrying about money. That man drink Coca-Cola every day. <laughs> and I do damn well that's some poison. That man eat McDonald's every day. And I know damn well that's some poison. But when you got money, when money ain't an issue, you do what you want when you pop it. And so that's my goal for us, y'all. My goal for us is to teach us how to play this game so we can transform our mindset, our beliefs, our behavior. We got to be disciplined to the process. Let's go a little further, Jose. I mean, Dave. One more time. All right, right here. Bad credit ain't good for nobody, not even a bank. So one of the things that made me shift my mindset was I realized that today, this company called Fitch, they're a company that judges and downgrades and upgrades the banks in America. So they just said that they're going to downgrade at least a dozen more banks. Why? Because they don't got the money. A couple of weeks ago, they already cut the ratings on 10 banks. And then on August 1st, they downgraded America's credit rating. Now, here's what I want. Here's what always bothers me. America is $31 trillion in the hole. All right. 31 with a T. 31 trillion with a T. Now, here's what I know for sure. If me or you go to the bank and we ain't got no money in the bank, the bank ain't letting us get no more money. Now, I ain't going to let you raise your hand, but I know what insufficient funds look like. <laughs> God damn, I know that. You mad at the teller. That ain't right. I just put that damn money in there. But America can consistently print money even though they ain't got no money. So what that also tell me was is the rules change when you're on a different level. A lot of people who we know that are billionaires, they don't even have a billion dollars in cash. They become billionaires in real estate. 
The reason why a lot of people went broke in 2008 is because they had a whole bunch of real estate, but they ain't had a whole bunch of money. And while the asset is good, if you don't have some type of liquidity, it looked good on paper. And so what happens was when America got downgraded, the banking systems got downgraded, the stock market, it felt that. And the stock market is only based on people's emotion, how they feel about a company. And if they are confident about a company, they're going to buy more of the company. But their confidence is only based on news. Am I making sense? I'll just go a little further, Dave. Here's what I want you to look at. Hello? This trap, what up? I'm in this workshop right now. But that wasn't my phone. All right, here we go, y'all. The status of a company right quick. Here's what I want you to look at, right? The value of every company is the same. The value of the company equals all the future cash flow. So what I mean by the same is this. Our companies are always going to be based on the same scale. The company's value goes up based on how much profit it can produce in the future. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Jose, I think they be taking notes for this. How? You've been here for 55 weeks. Right quick, y'all. Let me say this right quick. How many people, when y'all found out Jose was black, y'all, was, y'all felt like y'all was tricked? Like, that dude black. My cousin said she felt betrayed. She was like, he black. I said, but he ain't got nappy hair. <laughs> he makes us. <laughs> Let's go ahead further. All right, so watch this. The more earnings a company can grow, again, adds value to the business. This is why in the long term, stock prices tend to follow earnings. So one of the things you're going to see stocks do a lot of is if a company can grow how much money they make, the company can grow in stock price. The market loves companies that can print money. Am I making sense? Let's go a little further. So status of a company again. Here's the way that companies make money. They sell more products. They increase prices. Now, this is my favorite thing about a company, y'all. I'm going to keep it real. A company that can increase its prices and not lose customers is a good company. Example. We know damn well them Apple phones ain't worth that much money. (laughs) Starbucks said it increases its prices 4% a year. We know iPhone went from 600 to 1,000. Netflix increasing their prices. So one of the things I look for as an investor is a company that can keep on increasing its prices and its people not fall off. Because then they got dedicated clientele. Now I'm going to keep it real. It'd be, I can't do that. If I go from $14.99 to $15.99, man, what the hell trap reading them damn prices for? They start finding everything wrong. He barely be here as it is. So this is a good company. One, geographical expansion, setting up trap houses in every country they can, setting up shop in every city they can, 
Every time I see a company growing and where they're setting up location at, that's good. Here's something I want to add to that. So I invested in this company called Celsius. Y'all heard of that energy drink before? So when I bought the company, it was like $125. I think right now it's $170. Here's one of the things that made me realize that drink was good. When I started going to gas stations and I seen them go from having one product to eight products. And so they were taking up most shelf space. I said, oh, they got more real estate. And then I start seeing commercials. And when I saw them on a CNBC with a commercial, I said, oh, they made it. Because once you make it on a financial network with a commercial, that's a different level. I knew B made it once I saw her with the commercial with the city girls. I said, oh, she popping now. I said, it's all. And so also increasing their share market, their market share. So once you start seeing a company take away market share from other companies, so now you see more Celsius than you see Red Bull now. You see more Celsius than you see a lot of these other energy drinks now. So once I see a company expanding, I understand they are in position to be the market leader. Am I making sense? We trapping? All right, cool. And the last one is mergers and acquisitions. One of the things that's important to me is once I start seeing companies buy other companies, I know they becoming a big dog. The reason why I knew Facebook was going to be big dog is because they start buying up all the little companies that were threatening them. From 2010 to 2021, no other company has bought more companies than Facebook. Which is how you get Facebook, you get Instagram, you get Messenger, you get WhatsApp, and now Threads. They've bought over 184 companies. They just eliminate the competition. Am I making sense? I just go a little further, Dave. Also, it's very important to know that not all companies' growth is equal. First and foremost, it is important to understand that growth only creates value when the return on invested capital of the company is higher than the whack. All that's simply saying is the more the, the more the company can turn them $1 into $10, the better the company going to be. Let's go a little further, Dave. One more time. All right, watch this. A company can only cut costs to give us a certain level. So here's what I want us to understand. A company only keeps growing if they can earn more money. The minute a company has to sell other businesses or other assets, we know that company is losing value. So anytime we see a company that is selling assets, I personally say this is a company I don't want to be a part of. That's why I personally seek for companies that can grow their revenue at least 6% a year. If a company can grow the revenue, which is called top line, then we then understand that that company is in a good position, but you got to be able to grow top line and bottom line. Am I making sense? I like it. Let's go a little further, Dave. I always make myself laugh when I come up with this stuff. So 
After this, we're going to go to flush it or flip it, Dave. But, so at one point in time during the pandemic, we saw that Disney was making more subscribers than Netflix. But then what I realized was over the last couple of years, well, over the last year, Disney has lost 11.7 million subscribers while Netflix gained 2 million subscribers. Streaming is now costing Disney $512 million a quarter. I want you to know something. Sometimes when you're competing with people, that ain't for you to do. So Disney thought it was cool to compete with Netflix. At first it looked good, but then Netflix said, we making more money. And now Disney's losing $512 billion per quarter. You can't compete where you don't compare. And the busy reason why Disney is losing subscribers is because there's a company in India that they partner with and that company lost its streaming rights. And so because they lost streaming rights, that's why Disney lost 11 million subscribers. Not to mention the fact that the CEO got on TV and said the writers are being unreasonable when you just bought a $78 million yacht. Got to do it to you every time. I'm being unreasonable. I'm trying to get a paycheck and you just bought a yacht. Let's go a little further, Dad. One more time. Hey, that beat be dumping, son. I like that too, then. I like that. All right. So check this out. Y'all got y'all flushing and flipping signs? No. Oh, all right. Cool. That's what I like. So we created this because I want people to, it was first just something for me to come up with, and then it turned out to be some people's like favorite segment of the show. And some people don't even do the homework on investing in the company. They just see what we going to flush and flip, and then they just go with that. Y'all be cheating. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go flush it up, flip it, and then from that, we're going to tell me what you want to do. So the first company is Kava. Man. So these people keep saying that this company is the next Chipotle. I don't agree. I don't agree. But I have tried the food and it's pretty good. But I think it's too early to, to talk about a company like Chipotle because we bought Chipotle at $425 and the company went up to $2,000. We printed money. I don't know if this company could do that yet. But people got a lot of belief in it, Jose. Kyle, are we flushing it or flipping? Jose, what we got? Ball, don't put that up, bro. <laughs> you and me, ball. Rock what I rock with, ball. <laughs> All right, next company is Target. Listen, to my bougie people that like to shop with Starbucks. Flush it up, flip it. Now, watch this, y'all. 
I don't know, man. Ghost, flesh that flipping, huh? He flushing it, man. Don't don't argue with me. I'm the trapper, yeah. Here's what I want you to know about that. Y'all flush, y'all flipping it because of emotions. Just because you know a business don't mean you should invest in the business. Here's what happens. Over the last year, over the last, this year alone, Target is down 35%. Why is down 35%? Because people haven't been having the disposable money to shop at. Target is not a necessity. Even though you bougie, you bougie on a budget. I got you, Jose. Bougie on a budget. No Starbucks from Target. Maybe the, the red and burgundy uniform is not as enticing as it once was. Yeah, you go to Wally World, baby. You know what they say in Wally World? These niggas. <laughs> All right, watch this. TJ Maxx. Flush it up, flip it. What you got, Ma? What you got, B? Ma, you on? I told you, Ma, rock with me. Here's why. Here's why I'm gonna flip Target. I mean, TJ Maxx. Because here's what TJ Maxx does. TJ Maxx gets everything. So let me say this for example. I'm gonna expose my hand here a little bit. I was at a point in my life where I used to go to TJ Maxx and get all my polo boxer briefs and my tank tops because in Macy's, it was $60. At TJ Maxx, it was 20. I just put y'all on. What TJ what Maxx does is any overabundant overflow of inventory that companies have, TJ Maxx and Ross get to buy from them for pennies on the dollar. So anytime there's a recession or anytime the economy is in trouble, the bougie people, the bougie people go to TJ Maxx. The regular people just go to Ross. Where my Ross people at? Where my TJ Maxx people at? See, I play both sides of the field. <laughs> I don't care what they're talking about. <laughs> so we're gonna make some money. Okay, y'all. God damn. All right. Wally World. Listen, flip that bitch, huh? Flip that bitch, yeah. <laughs> All right, so why this? Why this? So Walmart just became the world's largest company by revenue. We talking about in the world, Jose. We ain't even talking about in ghetto America. We talking about in the world. So they became the largest company by revenue, meaning they bring in more money than even Apple, bro. Now, here's what I learned about Walmart, and I ain't going to lie. They cold-blooded. Walmart realized who their target audience was, and they put a store 10 miles 
in the vicinity of the target uh, customer. So whether you in the hood or whether you in rural America, there's a Walmart superstore and there's a neighborhood Walmart. I say, ooh. And here's a dope part, Jose. The, the Walmart, the big Walmart, they got the blue. I learned something. The neighborhood Walmart got the green. So they prejudice. <laughs> they pre- <laughs> they know who the target customer is. Ah, yo, Walmart, we flushed it up free with Jose. Let's see what Maul doing. There you go, Maul. I like Maul got going on. We're gonna flip that. All right, cool. Next one is build.com. So build.com is a technology, is a fintech company that helps people pay bills and do transactions with bills. I think they got a huge upside. Why not? They're just taking a beating because you know, the fintech space is not really what, it, what it's supposed to be doing, but I think it's the future. But we're going to talk short term. Build.com, flush it up, flip it. B, why you say flip it? I ain't mad at that, B. I like it too. It's a processing company. I ain't mad at it. All right, let's go. John Deere. So this cold-blooded. Watch this. Cuz. Cuz. Cuz said, we got a form. I run cuz to that form, bro. Boy, Cuz was having a field day out there. Cuz had the 12 games. I said, hold up, Cuz. Ain't, ain't nobody out here, fam. John Deere is the number one track tractor supply dealer in the world. Not only do they have tractors, but they also came up with the financial component where they lease the tractors. They also, they don't got to even deal with banks because they finance their own tractors. John Deere, flush it up, flipping. Maul, you on it. I like how you moving, Maul. All right, let's go a little further. <sighs> you speaking from trauma. You speaking from trauma. You went filed your taxes and you got a thousand back. They ain't give you the sixteen hundred for the kid. You paid the nine ninety nine for the kid, and you like, damn, man, them people tripping. All right, H and R Block, flush it up, flip it. Before you say something, let me just say this: I like to give context. I like to tell a little story about the company first. The one thing I will say is. Everyone needs to stop going to H&R Block. You need to learn to get you a CPA. If you truly want to learn how to play the well game, H&R Block not going to be the people to help you build wealth. They work for the enemy. But because people haven't made the transition yet, they still go to H&R Block. The company had earnings today and they reported earnings and they actually beat earnings and revenue. The stock was up today like $4. Why 
Watch this. They are actually the number one dealer in tax return. You don't get to number one by mistake. They increase revenue. They increase profit. I want you to take your emotion out of it. Now, I'm not saying what I'm going to do. I just want you to understand that there's more to it, flushing it or flipping it, just, just saying that people play me out my money. You go on the H&R block or Joe Black tax. It's on you. <laughs> you got to be from New Orleans to understand that one, family. It's okay. H&R block, flush it up, flip it. Hey. Flush it. We're gonna flush it, man. I ain't mad at it. We're gonna flush it. We're gonna flush it. I did that for you, baby. All right, so Turtle Beast. So watch this, y'all. Y'all might not know about this company, but this company is the number one company when it comes to headphone sets for the gaming system. Ladies, the reason why he ignore you because he got them goddamn headphones on. It's the company right here. If he don't call a duty all day, talking about, babe, hold up, hold up. I'm in the game right now, man. Why are you tripping? These are the companies that make the headphones. Turtle Beach is the company. Flush it up, flip it. All the dudes saying, flip it, chat. The lady's like, you better play with me if you want. I just threw, if she done threw it with at least two pair of headphones, fan, raise your hand. <laughs> We're going to make some money. I ain't mad at it, Jose. All right, cool. Let's go a little further. Nintendo. Damn, fam. Fam, stood up on that thing. That boy, like I got the Nintendo. I got the Game Boy. I got the... If you ain't never did this... <laughs> you ain't never did that. If you ain't never did this, hold up, man. I got it. I got it. They don't know about that. Mo, put it in there. Slide the other one. They ain't never did that. They don't use all my mama alcohol, bro. Man, she got the green kind. The green kind. You pour it in there. You tell them don't use it a lot. Then you pour it in. All the alcohol come down. The shit worked, dog. <laughs> the green ain't never filled me. I ain't lying. They got the magic sauce in the green. I ain't gonna lie, Jose. I went to my partner house one time and he ain't had the green. I said, man, your mama cheap. <laughs> I said, man, your mama cheap, man. So Nintendo is actually one of the biggest companies in China, fam. Like, I didn't realize how much money this company was printing. And I kind of thought like once like PlayStation and stuff came around, I thought that they was dead, but they not. You feel? I figured that. And then they, they transitioned and then they came back with the mini play, the mini Nintendo. I said, ooh, nostalgia. My favorite game on Nintendo was Excite Bite, dog. 
What yours was? Oh, Tecmo Bowl head ass. Man, I ain't, I ain't playing with you, man. Tyson beat me for two years in a row. I used to be so psyched beating up with his name, Gladys Joe. I got the Tyson and was like, damn, this dude fight for real. Nintendo, man. No, my second favorite game, Super Contra, dog. What we talking about? Upright, upright, left BA star select. Come out with the fire doing like this. I'm done. Stop playing with me. You don't know about that, Jose. Oh, privilege ass. Double dragon. You fired, man. <laughs> Nintendo, flush it up, flip it. I think I sold y'all on that one. All right, watch this. Whirlpool. Damn. So Whirlpool is actually one of the biggest companies when it comes to household appliances. They lead the industry in it um, from the dishwasher to the, uh, the refrigerators, washing machines, dryers. And the dope part I like about Whirlpool is they like to sell you appliances and sets. I said, oh, they got some. And it would stood the test of time. They keep evolving as a business. Whirlpool, flush it up, flipping. I ain't mad at it. What? Maul, I got to check on you, Maul. I got to check on Maul. Let's go. I like it. All right, man, that, goes, that concludes our segment of Flush It Up Flip It. Today, what we got, bro? God damn, Tootie. Jose, what you did, Tootie? You can tell Tootie came back home. I ain't heard that much beat in a while. Tootie from Bunker Hill, y'all. <laughs> That's my dog. All right. So here we go, man. This, this is a dope segment, man. It's called 1-800-TRAPPER Hotline. This one I talk to my people. Um, usually we do it like where the people call in. But now because we here, we're going to do it. Jose, we got the mic for the people on the bottom. Let's go, man. So we do the 1-800-TRAPPER Hotline. We do it live. Let's give Jose a round of, Jose a round of applause. Y'all can do better than that. I've been working. Y'all been seeing me working around here. Don't do that. Again, we got to shout out to our Patreon people, too, again. Shout out to my Patreon people, man, who printing money. Shout out to my Patreon people, man. Let's go, man. What we love about the Patreon group is it allows people to, you know, some of y'all be lazy. Y'all don't want to do nothing. Y'all believe in me, so y'all just be like, I'm a trust trap. And I ain't mad at it. So we making money. We printing money. So if you want to join the Patreon group, I'm telling y'all, join the Patreon group. Also, after we finish trapping two of y'all, we bought some more of the workbooks in the back. If you won't get the workbooks because we're going to get into the workshop, go get the workbooks. You're the official. Um, fill in the blanks in the workbook. We're going to get We're going to take a, like a five-minute break at the end of Trapping Tuesday to get that. Let's get that, man. All right, let's go. Jose, where you at, bro? All right, what's good, King? Say, Trap. What's up? Thank you for everything you do. Appreciate you. Um, with all Americans using credit and being in debt, is that going to create an opportunity in the market for us to invest in um, the companies that are going to be 
it's, you know, it's going to stand the test of time, maybe like Chase or some of the other things. 100%, man. That's a great question. Let's clap for that. Yep. So anytime, anytime the, the economy goes through something, one of the things I am, I ain't go to school for none of this. I've learned it from paying attention to it. So one of the things that I notice is when America goes through something, there's always a beneficiary and there's somebody going to, you know, suffer from it. So while America's using more debt, we already know who's going to make more money right now. Visa, MasterCard, American Express. Visa is the biggest credit card deal in the world. But guess what? Visa partners and all those credit card companies partner with who? The banking system. So 100 percent is always an opportunity to own a bank. So I personally think J.P. Morgan is 100 percent an amazing business to own. But also not on the a, on a, on a flip side of that. It's the largest bank in America by asset. Second of all, because we see so many bankruptcies happening, guess who be the number one person to go buy those banks? J.P. Morgan Chase, because they know how to play the game. Good question, bro. Appreciate you, King. Let's go. Next question. Man, my brother Larry, man. What's up, bro? Shout out to Larry, man. Y'all ain't eat at Mondays. If y'all ain't eat at Murrow's, he just opened a new spot. I feel like every time I talk to Larry, he opened up another spot. We need to open up a trap restaurant, Larry, bro. Give me the blueprint, bro. Give me the blueprint. Trap fries, trap shake, trap burger, trap steak. Trap appetizers. Something in that area, bro. I know we can do it, bro. I know we can do it, bro. I believe in you. Let's go, brother. What you got? Thank you, Trap Files. You do. You're doing God's work. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. People, you are. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Uh, my question is, this is say I got a few coins in uh, 401k. So you got a few coins. Yeah. All right. I, I want to uh, take about 15, 20% of it and move it and invest it in uh, ETFs or something like that. Is that something you would recommend? If I don't mind you doing it, but notice this though, here's what you gotta understand. When you take money out the 401k, know that there's a penalty you gotta pay for that. I do. Right? Yep. So here's what I did. So when I left Ironwork, we had what was called annuity. And I had like 60 grand in there. And in my mind, I was like, you know what, bro? Like I can make more money for myself than they gonna make with my money. You feel what I'm saying? So I was willing to pay that, but I didn't know they was going to beat me upside the head like they did. So what they did was they made me pay them. First of all, I could only take 75% of the money out the first time. And then once I took 75% on it, they penalized me 35% for taking the 75% out. And that ain't even counting the tax I got to pay on it. That was just the penalty. And then I had to wait a year to go get the other 25%, which they taxed me 35% on that too. It's a cold-blooded game. So you got to ask yourself, are you willing to pay the penalty for taking responsibility? That's good, Jose. Are you willing to pay the penalty for taking the responsibility? And if you are, I'm with saying go for what you, because I feel like ain't don't nobody care more about your money than you. And I truly believe that nobody not going to make you more money than you. 
Like even with people that rock with me, I'm gonna make you money. But eventually, once you understand how to do it yourself, you're gonna make yourself more money than I'm gonna make you because you start to understand your risk, you start understanding your tolerance, you start understanding who you are as an investor. And once you do that, you take the cap off how much money you can make. Once you take the cap off how money you make, your limit, your potential is unlimited. I'm with you on that. Let's clap for that, y'all. We good. We good. Come on with it. What's going on, Trey? What's happening, fam? I appreciate it. That was, that was a blessing, bro. That's oh, my OG, God. man. They don't really know, bro. Yeah, man. I think they know. Oh, my God. E.T. that guy. You get that man a Nobel Prize right now, bro. Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm trying to do everything I can to help him get it, too, because he deserves He got a humanitarian award. Not that they cried on the phone. I was like, damn, man. Bro, he got me through so much, man. Haven't he got us Let's go with it. With your groups, bro. So, like, I know, like, the Patreon, you just pretty much giving a play. So, as far as where we're at, whether we're a beginner, middle, or we are back, what would you advise what group you're in? Like the beginners should get in what group? The middle people should get in the Patreon, or, you know what I'm saying? Somebody. Yep. So, so first of all, I ain't tell him to ask that question. <laughs> um, I just gotta make, I just gotta make it shit. But since he asked it to me, I'm about to go crazy with it. <laughs> um, so first of all, it, it, you, you, you said the right thing is whether, whether you are. So like with Travis Anonymous, that's a group that helps you get support. So most people in Travis Anonymous, they learning like the fundamentals on what the research a company, how to research a company, what a company looks like. And then every Sunday we do a two and a half hour call together, breaking down stocks, breaking down companies. And then we do that as a group. And the reason why I came up with that concept was because I realized that most of us are going to be the first person in our group and in our family that is, oh, they cold-blooded. Oh, they cold-blooded. Oh, I like my team, boy. So what I realized was that most people, they struggle with doing it by themselves. And because we oftentimes are the only person, because I was the only person, I ain't had nobody to go to. And so now so many people get the exponential growth because now you got people to bounce ideas off with. Watch this. The biggest difference between a group of wild dogs and a lion, I mean, a cheetah, a leopard or a jaguar, they both hunters, but the wild dog success rate is at 96%. Why? They hunt as a community. The leopard and the jaguar and the cheetah, they're on a dolo mission. The wild dog is at a 96% success rate. The, che- the leopard, the cheetah, they are like a 30-some percent. And so community is so important. And so that's why we got Travis Anonymous. The Patreon is for people who just feel like, man, you know what? I just want to get some money, man. I don't want to do... Listen, we, we be lazy. And because I live the game and because I love the game, oh, they good. Oh, they was ready. That's Jose idea right there. But scan it through, y'all. But the reason what the Patreon was for, it was about saying, all right, bro, like, I know some people just be working. I know some people be busy. I know some people be moving. And right now, they not in the phase where they want to do the research. 
So they're like, bro, whatever trap put in here, I'm rocking with. And so whether it's the option plays, whether it's the just getting in the groups, that's what the Patreon for. So ultimately it depends on where you are. But I will say this, you're going to make money regardless. And that's something I don't promise a lot of stuff. I don't guarantee a lot of stuff. But anytime I put my foot on it and anytime I'm putting my information in it, you're going to make money because I don't lose money like that. You feel me? And I know one thing. Once you help people make money, that's how people build their confidence up. And for me, the most important part is if I can get you financially confident, yo, you start, once you start believe, the easiest way to make somebody believe in the game is make them spend $49 and then they're going to make $1,000. At that point, you like, I'm bought. You start telling everybody about it. And that's the goal. You know, if I can, you making money off my information, meaning, cause I'm a, I've, I've embodied the game. If you go in my house, there's not a channel that's not on CNBC. When I'm driving in my truck, very rarely, if I'm not listening to ET or TD Jakes, I'm listening to the stock market. And so that increases my ability to make money. In order to be great at something, you got to embody it. You can't do it part-time. So that's what that, I was going to keep going, Jose. I was going to drive that thing. All right, let's go left first. We got some more? We good on that? We got? Let's go. Um, oh, that's a young. What's happening? Oh, that's too let's go with her. Um, you got to speak up, though. You got to speak up, though. Should I invest on Cash App? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Let me explain to you why. Why? Uh, because Cash App is a company that is designed to transfer money, right? It wasn't designed to be an investing app. Here's what they did. They realized that other people was making money and they were like, bet, we can do it too but the infrastructure not set up for you to do it. So one of the things that I don't like about it is, and this with any platform that, that does that, if I can't call you about my money, I don't want to use you to invest my money. Okay, I made uh, a mistake there. No, you didn't, it's a learning lesson. Okay, and um, I was wondering if I should buy a <laughs> That's what we doing. I like that. How old are you? How old are you? 11? That's your son? Stand up. That's your son? He, he investing? You sure he investing? So here's what I want to do. It's real talk. Here's what I want to do. I want you to get with L Boogie. Where you at, L? She's somewhere running around. L Boogie is responsible for this. L in the back, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make sure, Jose, let's make sure she get with L. I'm going to give you $500 to put in his account. But you got to do it. That's a bet. That's a bet. We're going to do that. Let's make sure before the night over, L Boogie. Uh, the queen right here, let's make sure she link up with us at the end of the day. Uh, before tonight, or we get, matter of fact, let's just go get her cash app. Don't, so here's the rule. <laughs> Since I said that, we gotta pivot, so we, here's what you're gonna have to do. 
I'm going to send you the $500 once you send us this. You're going to have to take the money from Cash App and you're going to have to open him up a custodial account with TD Ameritrade or E-Trade. Well, TD Ameritrade is now Charles Schwab, right? So it's with Charles Schwab. You got to open the account up in his name, but you as the custodial. And once you show us that, I'm going to send you the $500 for him because I want you to just be in the right position anyway. We got that? That's a bet. You got that, L? Got that. We good? Let's go. Now, don't all y'all start standing up with y'all children. Hi, how you doing? Hold up, hold up, because I'm going to hit you with this. Come on, I'm broke, baby. I ain't got no money. Boom. <laughs> you good, queen. Let's I have go. A question. Yep. I noticed how when you were talking about the topic of the 401k and how like years down the line it would not be the same amount of money as you thought it was. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about stocks, you put so much money into stocks, right? When it's time to get it out, what about the taxes that we're going to be charged? Mm, that's a good question. So that's a great question. All this money, but when it's time for me to take it out, it's not going to be close to what I thought it was. What's the ways around it? Yes, it will be. So here's, here's, here's the one thing I love about investing in the market, the longer you invest, your taxes go from 36% when you do it in a year to a year and a day, it goes to 21%. So I want you to get around the idea of, all right, so when you invest, so if you invest in shorter than a year, you gotta, you gotta, you pay taxes on that as earned income. So the same taxes you would pay, like if you work the check, you got to pay that at the same rate. But the one thing that's dope about America is America rewards the investor and the entrepreneur. So what happens is, and I'm going to just put it in that phrase, if you hold the stock longer than a year and a day, you now get taxed like an investor and an entrepreneur and this, rather than somebody that go to work every day. That makes sense? So here's what happens. I always tell people that, like, my goal is not to avoid paying taxes. My goal is to see how do I play the game where I play the least amount of taxes. So one of the things, you know, when I rock with the homie Ross, I was like, bro, you got to put some type of livestock on all this land. You know what that do? Bring the taxes down. The reason why I bought a farm because I knew America was going to reward me more for having a farm. And all I got to do is put one animal on it. And the, the, the way that America is going to reward me is going to be like something you ain't never seen. So one of the things I need everybody in here to do is get together. Let's go buy some land so we can decrease our taxes. You got that? Let's go with it. That's it, baby. All right, let's clap for that. All right, what we got next, Dave? Go to the next one. Let's go to that well track. Boom, boom, boom. So this week, man, so one of the things I always do it um, is I like to look at, I like to look at um, rap music because rap is always going to be the gateway to the culture. You know what I'm saying? So one of the things that I try to do is find music that represents and speaks to what we, what we own when it comes to building wealth, when it comes to creating legacy. And so, you know, I had to go home 
So this one is by currency. That's the homie. Spitter. I had invited Spitter, but I think he was running around. He was like, you know, the team was like, yeah, for sure, man. But I, I, I love what Spitter represent. Not only just in the music, but being able to do it your way. That's so important. And so here's what he said. He said, put all his homies on so they don't crash. Invest that money smart and make it last. Roll something fat and watch the empire expand. And why that was dope for me was because they always say that like you can't do business with family and you can't do business with the homies. And then one of the things I learned when I was rocking with Ross, when I rocked with E.T., and that inspired me to do it with myself, was you can put your family on. You can put your homies on. It ain't going to always be easy. Sometimes you got to help them relearn and reprogram. My cousin, why helping me build this business? But guess what? We had to go through some phases together. We had to go through some arguments. We had to go through some truthful situations. And one of the things my cousin told me that was dope, he was like, cuz, and he was like, cuz, I'm so used to being on a job, like work, working for somebody. Like you just give me free range, bro. So I don't be knowing how to, I, don't, it, I ain't programmed to just always think ahead like that. And so now that we had the conversation, guess what I know how to do? I know how to put him in position. Man, cuz, do this, do this, do this, do this, but also tell him the bigger dream. Cuz, like, at some point, I need you to just do this because I ain't going to be doing it. But I need, because I don't want to do this. If I'm doing this, I can't do this. So I need you to get good at doing this. But because you told me, bro, I don't be forward thinking like that. Now I know how to put you in a position to keep making the necessary steps. Now, all he do is, cuz, I did this. Cuz, we doing this. Cuz, we doing this. Cuz, we doing this. What you think, cuz? I'm like, yep, bet. So we got to realize that we can do business with family. Guess what? I got my other little cousin in the support team. She be answering all the e emails. She be winning me money because people be trying to scam me. People be buying the courses. Then once they take the course, go what they do. Charge it back. Cuz come up with a little formula. I got it. We win a lot of them. But I had to tell Cuz, this is what I want. And then Cuz believed in me. She was like, you know what? I said, Cuz, look, quit the job. I said, you quit the job, we're going to build this thing together. I'm going to take care of you. And if you believe in me, and if you believe in what we're building, not only am I going to change your life, financially, I'm going to put you in a different situation. And after I put you in a different situation, we're going to put your little girl in a different situation, my little cousin. We're going to create a business for her where she can integrate right into this business that we're building. She said, man, you got me. I'm going with it. I ain't tripping. So you can work with fam. When I work with, when I be with E.T., man, E.T. got his daughter on, his son on. He said, E.T. told me something that was crazy. He said, Trap, I wrote a book. And after I wrote the book, now I'm like, yep. Jada, you got to write a book and I'm going to help them write a book and we're going to just start writing books so they have books after I'm gone. I said, God damn. So you can 100% work with family. You just got to know how to put them in position. And so here's what he said after that. Invest the money smart to make it last. The one thing you can do is help your family make money, but if you don't teach them how to expand the money and grow the money, 
They're going to always revert back to what they know. And that's just spending the money. So now I made it a prerequisite for my cuz. Cuz, you got to learn how to invest. And every day I get on this show, I'm going to get on you and I'm going to clown you because how I got other people making a whole bunch of money and you my family and you ain't making no money. So one day he came and said, hey, tell him I, tell him I got my money invested. Nah. <laughs> tell him I just made 1700 Go on, tell him that part of the story. And I said, bet, I got you. And so build an empire and watch it expand. In my mind, we building an empire. This is our first year with this brand, and we already touring. And I'm going to tell you how, yeah, we already touring. And we doing five, six, seven hundred people every city we go to. And I'm going to be real. New Orleans wasn't even in my top 10 cities. I said, I'm just doing this because this home. It wasn't even in my top 10 cities. And something I learned right quick. When I hit Ross off, I realized who I was paying the money to. It said Rick Ross Touring Company. I went to LaShawn and said, L, we got an LLC. The Wall Street look like us now. Touring Company. I'm just learning the game as I go because what you don't know is not a reason for you not to do it. A lot of times we're going to blame and that's going to bring me to this next segment of wise words from the OG. So one of the, one of the things we do is I'm not going to lie, man, we blame a lot of stuff on what we don't know. And I'm always, I don't mind shouting these people out. I can promise you when B first started that business, she ain't know half the stuff she know now, but she keep going. I promise you when Larry had the first pole boy shop, he ain't really know what he know now, but now he could probably put a restaurant together in his sleep. You don't always got to know it. You got to just be willing to do it and realize you're going to figure it out as you go. So I'm going to say this, man. Your frame of reference is diluted because the emotion tied to your experience alters your truth. The emotion tied to your experience. A lot of times we can't take action because the emotion that's tied to the failure that we experience make us realize that success, make us say that success is a little harder to achieve than what we normally thought. And so that handicaps us, that paralyzes us. But I want you to understand when a new truth collides with an old belief, we got to choose the one that serves us at the highest level. When a new truth collides with an old belief, we got to choose the one that serves us at the highest level. And every level of us, every level of us is going to require a different truth. Because the version of you that you were in when you developed that truth will change as you start seeing what's possible. Possibilities expand the vision. So the vision for your life, the vision for your family, it must keep expanding. I promise you when I first started this, I didn't see me 
doing what I'm doing now. I just wanted to teach people about stocks because it helped me get out the street. But once it started helping people, other people get out the street and I realized, damn, it's not just for street people. It's for somebody working a nine to five too. It's for somebody who don't want to work two jobs. It's for the single mother who's trying to figure it out. It's from the dude coming home from prison who feel like nobody ain't going to give him a job and all he knows is the street. So he don't got to go back to the street if he learned the stock market. I done helped free that man. And so the version of me and the vision I had expanded as I start experiencing new possibilities. The person in survival mode and the person in thrive mode are going to think completely different. But survival mode is necessary depending on where you are because it helps you develop a certain instinct in order to thrive. Because of survival mode, I can now sit back and say I'll never have to panic again about money. I'll never be in a situation where money will dictate what I got going on. I am mentally unemployable at this point in my life because survival mode taught me so many lessons. I know how to thrive with ease. The game then slowed down to me. And once the game slowed down to me, I can now make moves that I can't always explain. It's just because I see the game different. It allows me to execute at a higher level. So when I'm in a situation, I don't ask myself, how much money does it cost? It now says, how much money do I have to print to make this a possibility? There's a difference between the lion and the gazelle. But there's also a difference from the gazelle, the lion, and the wild dog. You stay at the top of the food chain by being methodical. You stay at the top of the food chain by being strategic. You stay at the top of the food chain by saying, if I put the right team around me, if I put the right people around me, we can all eat. And if we all eat, we can stay here longer than if just I eat. Wall Street looks like us now. It's not about Wall Street travel. It's about everybody who had a vision that they deserve to be wealthy. It's about everybody that had a vision but didn't have representation. It's about everybody that had a belief. It's about understanding that the person in the suit and tie made it made it and fit what we was looking for. So we disregarded him. So the homie in the hoodie, the homie in the T-shirt, the homie in a G nights, the homie in a jogging pants, he represent me. He speak my language. I want you to understand that building wealth is more about switching the class you in. Because while racism does exist, classism is what separates us. In a country that's called the United States of America, we are everything but united. And that's okay. 
because the people who believe in a certain thing gonna ride with the people who believe in a certain thing. So if you believe in poverty, if you believe in check the check, then that's the people you gonna associate with. That's the people you complain about the job to every day. But when you see a person change their belief system, you also see them change the conversations that they allow themselves to be sucked into. And once you change the conversation, you change the compensation. And once you change the compensation, you change the realization. So today, I want us to change the conversation and I want us to change our realization. Trapping Tuesday, episode 56, y'all. Let's close out with that. Let's clap for that. All right, man, we about to transition.